where we might want to get into the lottery or win some sweepstakes. Somebody help me out with something here. Because this is beginning to get expensive. And so you imagine yourself going into a situation or going into the nearby alcoholic store, as I call it, <laughs> to purchase some ticket that would hopefully win, you know, get, or get you $100 million. And so you read the rules very briefly. You go into the store to purchase, hopefully, these winning tickets, and you hope it with all your heart that you, you know, win the prize money. And you start dreaming about what you would do with all the money you've won. You've already picked out the neighborhood you're going to live in. You've already picked out the house you're going to live in. You've identified your new rock that you're going to buy. You know what I'm saying? Dying in the back. Some new top. Taking the same. You know what I'm saying? You got it all figured out. And you've also figured out which cousins are going to ha have your new address and which cousins are not. <laughs> got some money now. I don't even know who you are. Who the Lord don't know
To decode that, it means those who mourn are those who are sorry about the sin that they've committed. Those who are mourning and sorrowful about the sin in this world. Sorry about the condition of this world. Sorry about the fact that this world, though it was created by Jesus, has been rejecting Jesus. Sorry that this world does not recognize its true king. It says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. They will be comforted when? When the true king of this world, Jesus Christ, returns. Verse 5, blessed are those who are humble. KJV says, King James Version says, blessed are the meek. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. That word humble, meekness, means blessed are they who are powerful, but they are power under God's control. They have the ability to be gentle when they could choose to be harsh. Amen? And brutal. It says, blessed are those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Amen? Those who have power under control. I could get you, but I decide not to. Mm. You are within my grasp. You are within my power. I can ruin you. Mm. But I decide to be gentle. Amen? Verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice or righteousness. They crave righteousness. They hunger and thirst after righteousness. They want to see justice done. They want to live holy in their own lives. They long to see honesty and integrity in this world. They long to see justice in society. They look for practical holiness in the church. For they shall be satisfied, those who hunger and thirst after justice or righteousness. When the king returns, they will be satisfied. We will finally see the earth as God intended it to be. There will be paradise on the earth and satisfaction and, and, and people will be satisfied because, satisfaction because people are finally obedient to their creator. Wow. Interesting, huh? Yeah. When you dig a little bit, you find out what these verses really mean. Verse 7. Let's keep going. Just a little. God blesses those who are merciful. Those who show mercy. Those who withhold punishment from others who have offended them. Those who withhold punishment from those who deserve it. He says, for they shall be shown mercy. Not only that, those who are withholding punishment, but those who help the need, see a need, meet the need. Jesus says, they shall receive mercy themselves. God will withhold punishment on judgment day. You will not get what you deserve. And God will also show mercy to you while you're here in the land of the living. He will meet your need. Amen? Amen. Verse 8. God blesses those whose hearts are pure. Uh -huh, for they shall see God. The pure heart shall see the Lord. Those who have unmixed motives. That's what that word means. Wow. But you drink a glass of water with a little bit of pooping. <laughs> no. You want your water to be pure. Amen? Blessed are those whose 
hearts are people, those who have unmixed motives, those who don't have one foot in the world and another foot in the church. Bless the Lord. Those who want to see the will of God done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. He said, for they shall see God. They will be the ones who will see our Savior Jesus face. Blessed are those who work for peace. The peacemakers. Right? Those who intervene into trouble and find peaceful solutions instead of sitting back and allowing strife and contention to win the day. Mm. They will be called the children of God. Why? They display that they are God's children because they are peaceful just like their fathers. They imitate their dad. Now, Jesus is not saying that God blesses those who can pull this off every now and then. Jesus is not saying you are considered blessed by God because you were really merciful and kind in the 70s. <laughs> but then you just stopped. <laughs> this is speaking of a person, watch this, hear me if you don't hear anything else I say to you. This is speaking of a person who's considered consistent. They are consistently displaying the character attributes of God throughout, throughout their whole entire lifetime. Wow. Did you catch that? Yeah. Not speaking to me. These verses are known as the Beatitudes. People have often said, this is what your attitude should be. Right? And I agree with that statement. But the truth is, is Jesus is saying something way deeper than that, much more than that. He is saying that this should be your attitude from the time you come from your mama to the time you leave this planet. This is extremely hard to do, is it not? And the fact is, is there's only one person who is who successfully pulled this off. Right. And he did it with total consistency. Yes, he did. Right, sure. Not one failure. Not one misplaced thought. Not one misplaced deed. Not one attitude problem. Never. Let me give you a hint. That person is not you or me. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. That's good. Which means, folks, that if we do the math here, blessed are they. If we are not the ones who have been consistent, then it's the opposite. Right? Not blessed. Wow. Which means you and I are in some trouble if we're thinking that we can achieve this on our own. This kind of thinking actually disqualifies you from this blessing. You show up wanting to receive the money from your winning ticket, you get no $100 million. You've been disqualified. Mm. You're not blessed. Mm. You do not go to heaven. You go to heaven. Mm. <gasps> you may be a citizen of America, but the question is, are you a citizen of the kingdom? Yes, Lord. That's the question. Yes, yes, 
Lord. Now, same chapter, down to the 17th verse. Jesus said this, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. I didn't come to erase God's rules. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. He did not wave the law aside. He did not say, thou shalt commit adultery, that's okay, thou shalt smoke, thou shalt do drugs, thou shalt steal. He did not say that. He didn't wave that aside. He came to accomplish their purpose. He did that by meeting all the demands of God's law. In all the strict requirements, he did it in his life and he did it in his death. He died for every last one of us yes. who did not fulfill what we were called to fulfill. Is this plain enough for you? Yeah. Do I have your attention? Yes. Amen. Verse 18. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, Jesus says, not even the smallest detail of God's law. Not one jot or tittle, as it says in the King James Version. In other words, not the line that makes it an L or the cross that makes it a T. Not one jot or tittle will disappear from God's law, keywords, until its purpose is achieved. What is the purpose of the law? When we recognize we cannot please God by following his law, knowing that we've all broken it because we've not been consistent. Right? Right. The law causes us to realize something very, very key, that we cannot do it. So if you ignore the least commandment, Jesus says, and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven, which means, okay, you've got in, but you're in a great position. You, you, you know, you're in the kingdom of heaven. You'll be called the least in the kingdom of heaven if you ignore the least of his commandments and teach others to do the same. And then he says in the next part, but anyone who obeys God's law and teaches others to do the same will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. This is the best position. Bless the Lord. Amen? But then, verse 20. Oh! But I warn you. Unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law, you will never mm. enter the kingdom of heaven. That's the worst position to be in. Jesus is not placing impossible demands on his followers to enter the kingdom. Jesus is speaking about the heart here. Okay? The Pharisees were these guys who tried to do everything just right. The Pharisees obeyed God's laws outwardly, but couldn't do it behind closed doors. Okay? And here's the biggest issue. They were not humbly looking to Jesus to make any changes. They were trying to do it all on their own. We call that self-righteousness. And self-righteousness is one of the biggest things that gets in the way of Jesus Christ. Amen. Right. Jesus is saying, therefore, the quality of righteousness should exceed that of the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, the hypocrites, the fakers, who look pious but we're far away from God. The true follower of God 
become righteous enough to enter the kingdom of heaven so they count on God to work his righteousness in you. So, here's the fine print. You have heard, verse 21, he says, that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. Don't pull out a 9mm and blow somebody away. Okay? If you do that, you commit murder, you are subject to judgment, Jesus says. In verse 22, he says, but I said, here's the fine print. If you're even angry with somebody, you are subject to judgment. Better call that cousin. <laughs> That's right. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, oh, God help us in our Facebook page. You are in danger of the fire of the hell. Interesting. You stupid Republicans. Ridiculous Democrats. Careful. Jesus is watching every word. Right. And he's saying some of you are speaking holy about people's characters. I pull it out nine millimeters and assassinating people. And you're in danger of the fire of the hell. So here's the thing. What we see here by the law, the law can only condemn. The law can only lock you in jail. The law can only point a finger at you and say, you low down dirty sinner. The law was not given to save anyone. Its purpose was to show you that you were sinful and not able to keep it. Any perfect people up in here? Just make sure I was in the right planet. Which should cause us to realize that we cannot save ourselves from getting what we deserve and the punishment for failing to live out what God intended and commanded for our lives. This should make us what? Cry out for mercy. Yes, Lord. Mercy that can only be found in placing your faith in Jesus Christ alone. Yes, Lord. And for those of us who think that God grades on the curve, well, Pastor, I hate what you're saying because there's some people we don't want to be like this. Thank God I've never done that. James 2 and 10. Try this verse on the socks. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is guilty of the person who has broken all of God's laws. Ooh. I ain't never hurt nobody. I just thought a few paper clips. 1985, come on, Jesus. The fine print says, none of us meet the requirement. Are you still with me? Yeah. Now, I skipped the verse on purpose. Same chapter, Matthew 5. This time, verse 3. Watch this. I want you to get this scene. Jesus shows up on the scene. This is his very first sermon. He gathers the crowd. King James Version says, and when the disciples were set, 
In other words, he, the crowd was there, but he was speaking to the followers. Okay? The crowd heard the same sermon, but the intention was those, was, was the intention of the other sermon was for those who could actually hear him and do what he said. Okay? Verse 3 says this, and we want to contrast that with verse 20. Verse 3 says this. This is the very first thing Jesus says as far as preaching. This is what he wants us to know. Right out the gate. God blesses those who are poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit. New Living Translation. Hear the truth of it. Let's decode it. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him.
purchase something. Right? Proof of purchase. They gave you a receipt. Saying that something's been bought and paid for. Jesus, his blood is the hallelujah. It's the highest currency in the universe. Nothing more valuable than his blood. Because with his blood, he washes away all your sins. He paid for it on the cross. And when you go to see God and meet God, you better have a receipt. And said, I've been bought.
We love him because he has justified us. He has made us perfect. And we are saved by his grace. And his mercy. Amen? And we live holy out of gratitude. Romans 5.8 But God showed his great love for us by sending his, his son Jesus Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Wow. Romans 3.23 For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yeah. I used to do a lot of music and if I made a track, put some 808s on it, some beat and make it knock. Mm -hmm. If it didn't come out the way I wanted to, I'd throw it away. Could it fail beneath the standard? Jesus has decided not to throw us away. He decided to give us his perfection. Are you hearing me? Because we've all sinned and we've all fallen short. Amen? Romans 3, 8, uh, 3, 10 through 18. As the scripture says, none is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. Their talk is foul. Like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God. And after all of that, God promises, promises us in Romans 6, 23. He says, for the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. But the free gift of God is eternal life. How? Not through our own works, but through Jesus Christ. So we can say, Romans 10 and 9, if you openly declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved by confessing. Romans 10, 13, for everyone, no matter what you've done, no matter what your track record is, no matter how bad it is, no matter how good you think it is, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Bless God. Everyone. Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been made right with God in his sight, by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Romans 8 and 1. So, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And here's the promise for those of us who are in Christ, especially to our family, who's lost mom, granny, auntie, sister, friend, client. Romans 8, 38, 39. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today 
nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above nor in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 8, 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Mm. suffering now. Our hearts are broken now. We've lost someone dear to us. Someone who raised us. Someone who paid for us. Grinded it out to us through school, college, whatever. I can identify. I've lost my ones. But this suffering that we're dealing with here is nothing compared to the joy and the glory that we will receive. Because we will be reunited with people if they are in Christ. And if we are in Christ. Not in your own works. Not in some false religion. Not in what Mary did. But only what Jesus did. The requirement is very simple. You want the hundred million? You want heaven? You don't want to be disqualified? Read the fine print. And the fine print says, the only way to get the reward is to trust in Jesus Christ and no one else. God has only given one way to please him. And he pleased him through his own son. You're either in Christ or you're out of Christ. And that's not the same thing as religion. It's faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross to save you from your sins. Do you have your receipt? Can you collect it? Do you understand the fine print?